This is the XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Colt Eastwood, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. West Coast and 8 p.m. East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, the XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with Colt Eastwood's Xbox Newscast. What's going on? This is Cole Eastwood, and as my friend Steve Lee says, hit the like button. This is the Xbox Newscast podcast on YouTube, and we are also streaming on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts on demand, and I'm here with two excellent content creators. First, I want to introduce Dustin Furman of Last Stand Media. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you for having me, Cole. I'm happy to be here. This is, dude, this, I love doing the live shows. They're you know, it's a different energy than when we record Sacred Symbols or anything else. So it's uh, it's fun for me. I'm I'm very uh, glad you asked me to come on. Yeah, you're welcome. Seven second delay in case you say something super crazy. No, no, okay, it's, good. no, it's it, no, it's good. To, it's good to have a live show. But uh, Dustin, what have you been doing? We've been we just came up to we were talking pre-show. We just came up to like this massive push into the brand new consoles, and then we we're waiting to see what E3 and all the big announcements from the big platforms were sharing, and then it just quieted down to a hush. Right. What have you been doing in this quiet hush? Well, I mean, you know, it's it has been quiet on the gaming front. Um, the main thing for me, just I guess as far as work-related stuff, is that we're planning uh, a Last Stand Media Live event, and so that's the first weekend in September, and so me and my uh, associate producer, Ben Smith, have been like, that's been a big focus for us these last few days, like we're planning, like, we've got the the venue locked down, we're working on making sure we have, like, the stage, the equipment, and stuff like that, and so we have 200 tickets already sold out completely, and we're planning, like, a, a meetup the next day, so we're, like, organizing food trucks and stuff like that, and wow. so it's very exciting, it's very scary, uh, not like, not that I'm not confident. Like we're like, we're like, okay, we can pull this off, but like, you know, there's, there's some people flying in for this. So it's like, you know, I want to make sure that it's worthwhile and a good time for them. So, you know, and that everyone's happy at the end of the day, but, um, it's just getting, it's very exciting more than anything. I'm more excited than, than nervous at this point. But other than that, just, you know, the same, same old grind, but, uh, you know, very exciting still. I mean, it's, it's awesome when you're working in video games every day. Yeah, it's never never a dull moment. I guess when it gets quiet, there's always something to do. And sure. we'll get back to what else you've been doing, but I also have to introduce the guy down here. We've got a good friend of mine, a true real-life friend that I actually got to meet in person, which is a huge honor, Jay Fonzarelli from Games Talk Live, RDX Podcast, and his own Jay Fonzarelli Gaming Channel. How are you doing, Fonz? I'm doing great. Uh, I just want to say, Mom, I made it. I'm, I'm on the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's great to be here, Colt. Man, we've been doing this thing for, what, four years now? Um, yep. It's just like old hat for us. It really is. Yeah, yeah, we've been... Uh... Yeah, we've been doing the podcasting thing for a little while, but but you and I both launched our shows this yeah, summer, Yeah, a week right? apart. Yeah, a week yeah, apart from and, each other. Uh... Uh, I launched Games Talk Live. Been doing that yep. every Sunday now and been having a great time doing that. It's just one-on-one, an hour show. I'm in, out, fast. It's it's done and over with. And uh, I, I love it, man. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of engagement with the chat. 
uh, I love doing these live chats because, you know, these live podcasts, because the chat lends so much to the shows. They, they interact yes, with they us. Do. They give us yep. more to talk about. Uh, the engagement is just super awesome. So glad to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's true. I, I look over at the chat moving. I wish I could read everything like in the moment. But, yeah, they're amazing people. They're, they're with the people that push us to they try are. and put on an entertaining show. They are. Let's, definitely so, the guys that do it. Let's talk about, Dustin, you've been do, you're have been you in this last stand media. And most people or everybody probably knows what you do or what this is. But give people an introduction of what it is that you're involved with and and what you've been doing lately besides sure. this uh since you told us about this live rock show you guys are going to put on yeah. <laughs> so last stand media we're primarily we make podcasts uh our main shows that we do our our flagship show is sacred symbols a playstation podcast that's of course hosted by the the legendary colin moriarty uh and along with uh, an amazing super talented youtuber chris raygun uh, and then there's there's me. Somehow I weaseled my way onto the show this past year. And so that's that's our main product is Sacred Symbols. And then just recently this year, we launched uh, an Xbox show, Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. Yes. And that's with uh, the one and only Mr. Matty Plays. And of course, Lord Cognito, legendary yes. Lord Cognito, the, yep. the up-and-comer of all up-and-comers, really. Uh, so... That's awesome. We've got that going. And then we have a third show, which is called Knockback, that uh, Colin does with his brother. It's a retro and nostalgia podcast, I think. Uh, let's see. They just did Top Gun uh, for an episode. And then this week they did Iron Man, the 2008 Iron Man, the, the original kickoff to the first, MCU. Uh-huh. And then on our Patreon, which is really what fuels our whole operation, patreon.com slash Media, uh, we offer a lot of supplementary content at just the dollar level not to sound like a plug but that's like (laughs) a huge part of what we have we offer so much on there we have two extra episodes of sacred symbols every week on there an extra episode of defining duke ultimate um we have like q a stuff that goes up in there so like a lot of it is back then we try to keep that paywall as absolute low as possible so but yeah that's that's the quick pitch i don't know if that was quick but we do a lot of podcasts (laughs) That's re- that's really super good. Now, yeah, that's. I wanted to ask, like, when you were bring, you talked about all this stuff you guys have been doing and and how they brought you in a year ago. How did they find you? Like, where so, did you sprout? What was the story? Yeah, um, I started working with Colin in 2018, and I believe it was 2018. Um, and he first had me. Uh, I offered. He was looking for an editor, someone to edit his podcast, and so I started by editing the show I just mentioned, Knockback. And it ended up like he was happy with my work, and that was cool. So then he hired me to do some more stuff, and that was working out. Um, I was still working in video production, so I was like filming dance recitals and musicals and stuff like that as I was editing these podcasts. And it was a very cool experience for me just because we chatted briefly before the show, but like I listened to Colin for, for years, and so this was a cool like man this is awesome i get to work with colin and then uh eventually he just like i moved up the ladder he decided to make me the executive producer of the company and gave me more responsibilities and then uh he invited me to be on sacred symbols at one point just because chris wasn't able to be there and he i don't i guess he 
liked my performance on the show or whatever because he invited me back a few more times and then just slowly i just ended up like he was like hey you're really good on the show let's have you on and so i was like sure that sounds fantastic and so that was just um just a few months ago now at this point that colin uh officially made me the third host of that show and so i am uh, a very very thankful it's not lost on me ever that's like you know it's was a it's a very cool position and uh, i'm very thankful for colin for giving me the opportunity to do it awesome and uh, no problem being in front of the camera or no nervousness or anything like that well i've been you know on and off camera either in front or behind the camera really i mean i i had really horrible youtube videos like gaming youtube videos from like <laughs> junior high and stuff that i made i've i've hidden all those away but um you know 360 no scopes or what <laughs> well yeah no there was just some st- i mean there was a time that i was maybe um engaging in some of these console wars level activities oh, yeah. but yeah. i was in eighth grade so i feel like you know it made sense for me at the time to do that <laughs> but um you know the the main thing for me was just that i some when i started on sacred symbols people were like wow dustin's a, a natural at this he came out of nowhere i was like no 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 like I'm the only reason I've, I'm acceptable at any level is because I started my own gaming podcast in, in 2014 and put that out for, for years, especially at the beginning to like 20, 20 listeners, most of them being my friends and family who I just asked to like, please subscribe. It'll help the numbers, you know, whatever. And so, you know, that was, that was like essential. It's just like, you got to be ready for when the, the opportunity strikes because you know podcasting i still don't feel i don't know if i'm good at podcasting i feel like i can make it work sometimes other times i'm like man i don't have any clue why i said that or even what i said <laughs> but i i guess it it worked out yeah i, I will go through that yeah yeah, yeah uh, definitely fonz and i have like we've pro- i'm sure we've learned lessons uh, along oh, the way we've been time. doing this for a while um, I'll, I'll come back to dust on this, but I got to ask Fonz, um, what have you been playing lately? Like, um, well, I, I've been playing a lot of indie games. Um, cause basically right now, AAA gaming is kind of dry if, if that's all you play. So indie games have, have been so awesome lately. Uh, you know, I've, I've beaten blood roots, uh, uh, death's door, which is my game of the year currently. Like Death's Door is just an amazing game, and I implore everyone: if you haven't played that game, play it. It's it's just so awesome. Um, and and to think that only two people built that that game is just incredible. No yeah. bugs, didn't have any issues. It played flawlessly. Um, just amazing. I can't wait to see what that developer comes out with next because I'm I'm there day one. Uh, they're yeah, that good. Yeah, they're great. Um, and the Ascent lately been playing a lot of the ascent and uh yeah that game i go back and forth on it a bit like sometimes i really like it and other times i'm like "Eh, do i really like this that much um i don't know it's it's a fun game it's a fun game if you like twin stick shooters it's it's good i'm not into twin stick shooters but i really like the game it just needs a lot of needs a lot of work but it's still really good i think what it is is i really love the atmosphere I love oh, yeah. the whole, you know, Blade Runner type cyberpunk aesthetic. Um, that is really like my jam when it comes to, you know, I like the 80s stuff and, and, and you know, how we were yep. 
back then with Blade Runner, all the futuristic stuff was all neon and everything. I, I love that aesthetic so much. So, yeah, it was a game. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think I Dustin was born back then in the 80s when uh, we were rushing Probably not. <laughs> I was probably born in, not. do you want to know? Do you want to know the yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, 93 was my birthday. Oh, yeah. wow. oh my I have a son that was born in 95. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gosh, are you serious, Fonz? Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. Yeah, back then I was uh, driving my car around listening to music, but uh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> We're all different ages, but, you know, shout out to the chat. We got Paris here, Bugs in the chat, uh, Punkadish, Brigadier's Blue, Paris is there, uh, General C, Mr. Joanna Dark, a bunch of amazing people. Let, let me get, we got a couple questions here. Uh, I'll see if some of these come to come to the uh, esteemed panelists we or guests we have here. Brett Brigham says, Theory, Xbox will either formally announce the Kojima game at Gamescom or Tokyo Game Show next month as the ultimate gauntlet backhand. <laughs> to, well, he says, well, this is his, these his words, not mine, to Sony's face. Uh, all right, Dustin, let's talk about, I, I'm not on. super privy to this, but let's talk about this Kojima, Blue Box, Silent Hill, oh, w- this whole, like, what, what is this? Where, where is, where is Kojima sitting right now? Right. What do you know? I man, I wish I knew something, man, because it's uh, you know, this has become an on- ongoing joke for on our show on Sacred Symbols about this whole blue box thing, man. Like, you know, I mean, to put it to summarize very, very lightly, because this, I mean, this is a whole. You can put a whole wall of of notes. You can look like a you know a, a total moron, like with all the strings. I mean, I'm sure on the show, I oh, sound you mean like, like a moron, like yeah, the theory like, thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, this developer, Blue Box, they they post this trailer on the PlayStation blog and it's very it's like there it's it's weird. No one knows who Blue Box is. No one knows who works for them except for this one guy, Hassan Karaman. And uh it turns out that the trailer on the PlayStation blog is an asset flip of uh stuff from Unreal, the Unreal Engine store. It's just an asset flip. Okay. And they put out these weird tweets that are like oh the begins the game starts with s and end or starts with uh s and ends with l which is you know silent hill they do stuff like that oh, and yeah. then there's like this whole thing where i can't remember the exact specifics but hassan i think it's if you translate uh kojima in japanese to turkish which hassan is turkish th- their okay. names translate from one to another in google and there's like all of these little weird things. Most recently, what people are up in arms about is that Blue Box put out this tweet teasing the abandoned real-time trailers app. So they're putting out an app that has their trailers running in real-time on the PS5. This is a, an indie developer somehow is getting this weird treatment that they're able to do this app for some reason or another. No one's like quite figured it out. And the background is a blurred image, and it has a guy with an eye patch, uh, which oh, is very yeah. much like uh, Big Boss uh, from Metal Gear. And people are like, dude, they keep denying that it's... They're like, no, 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 we're not associated with Konami. We're not associated with, with uh, Kojima. Yeah, they had to make a statement. Right. Yeah, they keep, they keep doing this, but it's like, at what point is like, guys, you are feeding into this. And so... Tomorrow, uh, the real-time trailer app is getting its first trailer, whatever it is. There's supposed to be multiple updates. Oh, okay. And so people are like, you know, at this point, it either is 
something more and we're going to find out maybe tomorrow, maybe not. But like, it's like if, if it's not and people are mad, I do not feel bad for them. I don't feel bad for Blue Box because the level of weird stuff that they could have cleared up, they just didn't do. Yeah. And so I don't feel bad for him. But I, my take is I don't know if it's Kojima. I don't know if it's Konami or whatever. I am convinced it is something more than what they're saying just because of how weird they're acting. But who knows? I've been, I've been wrong Super many self-hype. Times. Yeah. Super self-hype, right? Yeah, so you know quite a bit about it, but <laughs> that's funny because I got to go to Fonz because Fonz is a lot like me. He's not a big Kojima fan. Maybe sort of a not so much Kojima fan, right, Fonz? Yeah, I, I, I don't hate the guy or anything. I you know, and I know he moves the needle in the industry. He's huge. He's brought like He's you talented. know the cinematic feel to gaming. I mean, he did a lot for gaming. Um, so yep. you have to respect that. And that's why he's gained so much respect in the industry. So I, you know, definitely understand all that. Now, for me, his games are a bit weird at times and, and I don't understand them at times. That's putting but, it lightly. They're, think, they're a little weird. Sometimes. Everybody is in that camp, right? There's sometimes you'll, you'll be playing through a Metal Gear game and then all of a sudden something happens and you go, what was that about? You know? <laughs> and you, it racks your brain, and you sit there and try to understand it, and you and, and you just can't. And you think maybe I should have been on mushrooms before I started this or something. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, I understand Kojima's big guy it moves the needle. Um, this company with Blue Box, though, it's weird. All the little things that's been you know that Dustin was talking about, and you know they're not just straight up saying no. This is this. They they don't clear anything up, as Dustin said. And that is the issue. Like, it's crazy. There's so many things that lead to you thinking, hey, this could be Kojima. Hey, this could be a a new Metal Gear. And uh, I wish that, you know, they would stop with that. Because that whole thing with the eye patch was just too close to home when it comes to Metal Gear. Like, people saw that and went instantly, oh, that's, that's Snake. That's Solid Snake, you know? Yeah. Right. It's just, it's insane to me. Like That that puts content creators that are all about, you know, breaking and translating and getting news out to people as, you know, as they see it, it is coming. Yeah. It puts it, them in a lot of hot water. It just goes to show you, though, how much he is respected and oh, yeah. loved in, in the gaming community, though, because they people are clamoring for another Metal Gear or a Silent Hill. People are just like, you know, because the PT beta that we played on PlayStation 4, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And I was looking forward to that game and, until, you know, what happened and everything. But, I, you know, I, I don't know if that'll ever come back. I don't know if we'll, we'll see another Metal Gear, especially through Blue Box. I, I don't know anything about this, really. We all don't. We're just speculating. And uh, it, it's kind of fun, but kind of irritating at the same time, you know. But, but is Kojima working with Xbox in is some Is Kojima working with Xbox? There's yeah. a lot of rumors to that. I, I don't know. What do you think they could be working on, Colt? I mean, well, I, I wanted to ask you guys, like Dustin, have you kind of looked into the, there's been a lot of, there's probably been more substantial information pointed towards Kojima working on something for Xbox than something for PlayStation, right? Right. Have you looked into this? Well, what, do you, what do you know about it? What can you shed some room, light on? The rumors are all over the place. You know, I saw something that was like he was workshopping this episodic game at stadia but then it wasn't going to work out and so sony doesn't want to do episodic stuff which i mean based on the stuff we've heard about 
how Sony is viewing their first party that makes sense that they don't want to do something like that. Especially, you know, Death, I mean, Death Stranding, good sales, but not like necessarily like huge Sony numbers. So, though, wait, I'm trying to remember. Those sales numbers just came out and they were they were pretty good. But anyway, I can understand Sony not wanting to do episodic. And so Kojima is very much like the, whether you think he is or not, he views himself as like this artist, this artur, and is like, well, I'm Absolutely. going to go wherever who is willing to make my game. And so I could totally see him. And I think that, man, that would be... It's funny, PlayStation PlayStation gamers feel like they own, like, Kojima, like, there's an ownership there, but it's, yeah. like, not really. I mean, sure, he his strongest legacy is on PlayStation. We think of the original Metal Gear, but it's, like, dude, Metal Gear Solid uh, 2 and 3 came to Xbox. Metal Gear Solid 5, of course, came to Xbox. Um, 3 is that, we- oh, no, it's 4 is the weird anomaly that's only on PlayStation, PlayStation 3, and so... Yeah. I I looked in about half of the game, half of the releases are on Xbox some way or another, whether they got ported or. And of yes, course, Metal right. Gear going back to Nintendo, the NES. Yeah. Um, and before that, it went it went to a console. I can't even remember what it was. It might have been like a PC slash console type thing that Metal Gear was on originally before it came to the NES. I I can't right. remember for the life of me, but yeah, he's been all over the place for sure. Um, but yeah, his his bread and butter titles have mainly been on PlayStation, right? I would say. So going back to what you said a minute ago, Dustin, you said that Kojima is like, I need someone to help me realize my vision, and you know, like Fonz and I, we're not big Kojima fans. I really liked the NES Metal Gear, and I liked the PlayStation One Metal Gear a lot. Yeah, but the other stuff, I just couldn't. It just didn't work with me. But I know he's great just not for me right but sure if he says he wants to do an episodic thing and sony says and eh, we're not really into that but xbox says yeah we'll let you do that and he comes out with something maybe it's a hit or miss but somebody somebody wants to work them i guess right but- well just think about the optics too like xbox loves taking these hits at sony um i mean some of them are <laughs> and yeah. i don't blame them you know i mean some of them are more than just optics but like Man, I mean, when they got MLB The Show on Game Pass, they were making sure that everyone knew that, that this is yeah. Sony's game that's on Game Pass. Like, you know, and I, I totally don't blame them. Like, of course, that's what you would try to do. And, um, you know, just the optics of them being like, yeah, we got Kojima. Like, that would be that would be huge. And it would be a huge blow to um, a lot of... I mean, I don't really see it that way just because I guess... It's hard to think in the mindset, like, if I only had a PlayStation, and then, the, like, I, as a Kojima fan, they're like, the next Kojima game is only coming to Xbox. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be a huge blow to me, because I'd be like, dang, I can't play that game unless I buy this hardware or get a PC. At least there's options, right? Um, but, you know, sometimes the shoe is on the other foot. Like, that just, that's the reality. There's plenty of games that Xbox gamers would love to have that has only come to PlayStation. Like, Spider-Man. Deathloop. Deathloop, which that's going to be timed, and or Spider Man, right? Like yeah. sometimes the shoes on the other foot, and it's like that's how it is. I don't know. Well, X- <laughs> Xbox wasn't wearing any shoes for like five years. They hardly <laughs> right. made any first first party games. They weren't pushing for exclusive titles to come from other platforms. They did a little bit of third party support. I've talked about it for a long time, but like you said, you know, sometimes the shoe is on the other foot, and it, I'm glad that Xbox is saying, "Hey, 
we're gonna we're gonna do something about this. And if it means they grab a Kojima game and <laughs> Fonz and I don't like it, hey, that's oh, just well. how it goes. I suppose. You know, the, one of the to go back to your question on the Xbox thing, if he's working with them, um, you know, the biggest rumor I heard was maybe a cloud based game. You know, something that could yeah. connect everyone because he's so into that, especially with Death Stranding. A lot of people were saying that Death Stranding would have been better suited on something like Game Pass because it would have got more interaction and engagement and stuff like that. So who knows? Like, it, it could very well be something like that because he's really into that type of engagement with players trying to connect. Um, that's been yeah. a real strong point with him. So maybe he's it's always something like doing, that. He's always doing something unor- unorthodox. And it most almost almost always works out for him. Um, I, I want to give a big shout out to the people here watching the show. Hit the like button and show support. Uh, say hi to Dustin and to Fonz in the chat and on on the so, panel. They're here on camera showing their uh, handsome faces for everybody as we talk about gaming. And I got a shout out from Punky Dish. He says, "Much love to my dudes, Cole Eastwood and Fonz." We go back with Punky Dish probably four years yeah. or longer. Like we've been talking to him and playing games with him behind the scenes. Brigadier Blue says, can't stay and watch live, but I wanted to show my love for one of the best gaming podcasts. Also, Fonz loved your last episode of Games Talk Live. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome, awesome people support. Hargeet Chani says, I'm noticing PlayStation Now is adding some good games lately. And I agree. I've seen a lot of good stuff. Not a lot of people talking about PlayStation Now, but it's oh, starting to look good. I talked about it a lot yesterday on my show. Um, we, we delved did, into yeah. that topic. Yeah. Yeah, he says competition is working. Uh, so, it yes. Um, PlayStation Now, man. I feel like it's rough. The streaming. It, it, it's ugh, it's well, horrible. Well, the, most of those games that they're talking about, the big games, Dustin, aren't they you games can you can download and yeah. play on? They, on it the is. Like, you know, that's. I think that sometimes I don't even think about that aspect of it. I. It is still funny to me, though, that like they had a big push. They're like, hey, we've got the Avengers on PlayStation Now. Uh, but... Not the PS5 version, only <laughs> oh, the PS4 oh, version. Yeah. And it's like, That's... yeah, it's that way because Sony probably couldn't figure out how to figure out like the, the licensing or whatever to get you the PS5 version. It's like Sony couldn't figure out how to let you change your name for over a decade. Like, I'm yeah. sure it was just like an incompetent thing. It's so, but yeah, the dude, like near uh, this past month and uh, what was Red the Dead other one? Redemption Undertale, 2? Red Dead Redemption 2. They've had a lot of good yeah, stuff yeah. on there, but. Yeah, the the streaming stuff though is not good. The PS3 streaming, yikes! They, they're definitely yikes. making it more appealing for sure. There's some more value there for it, and that's why you've seen an uptick in subscribers uh, for PS Now. So yeah, it, it it goes to show you that there are a lot of people out there that do want services like Game Pass, like PS Now, um, and that is the the biggest takeaway I'm seeing from from all this. And it's it, it's fantastic for me because. I love the value of, say, Game Pass. I, I, I love it. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that um, I want to see PlayStation adopt day and date. And I, I'm sure it may take years. It, it may take some time. But I think they'll adopt it eventually. Dustin and Fonz, how many streaming service, subscription services do you subscribe to for games, music, TV, and movies? Oh, off man. the top of your head. Without, without using your fingers. Hmm. I'm thinking I'm probably around eight at least. Yeah, around Netflix, eight. Hulu, Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paramount, uh, Disney Plus, Game Pass, Spotify. Right. I don't know. I think that might be uh, that might be like six or eight. Yeah. I will tell you. I recently, uh, I recently 
bit the bullet and got YouTube Premium. Oh, uh, I still which haven't done that. <laughs> I've resisted it. I've resisted it for years. And I, I was actually at Collins. He's like, Dustin, get YouTube Premium. You're wasting your life. It'll pay for itself. It's like, you know what? You're right. I watch YouTube probably more than Hulu or Netflix or whatever. Um, and now I can't go back. I can never go back to not having it. It's so worth no it. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, how many, how, how, how about Fonz, Fonz and I are really frugal. Fonz, how many subscription services are you paying for? I, I got about eight when you include, you know, games, uh, movies, music. Um, yeah, I got a bunch of them and, and I do like them. I mean, because uh, let's face it, it's, it's convenience, right? We're paying for convenience here and any service out there that has like, Hey, well, you can skip ads. Yeah. I'm all down. I'm skipping those ads. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I never did the YouTube thing. But I could definitely see the appeal to skip skip these ads, man. Because sometimes yeah. they're like you'll watch a podcast and there might be like fifty ads in there, and you're like, "What? Right? It's insane." Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny how everything's changed about how we consume our our media. Like Fonz and I come from the era of the pocket rockers. Remember the? <laughs> oh my Fonz? gosh! Down <laughs> no, like Fonz and I come yeah. from an era where you you had a portable <laughs> cassette player oh. or uh, you had a CD player in your car. And right. it's just funny the way people we're going to get into this in a minute about how people react to Game Pass as it's like a uh, it's a poison on the industry. It's but, killing gaming. Yeah. yeah, this goes into our first topic, which will kind of fold, in, fold into it. But let's talk about Back for Blood, which is the Left for Dead successor. It's a true Left for Dead game. It's made by a lot of the same people. It's from a smaller team, but they did a demo of it over the weekend did anybody here get a chance to play it i played like eight matches of the game unfortunately i could not get a code uh and i i heard something like you can watch a stream on twitch for an hour and get a code but i i didn't have time to do that so yeah unfortunately i didn't get to play i watched some um stuff and i i thought it looked pretty good yeah so i i just I was like, man, I didn't want to do that thing you mentioned of watching it or whatever. So yeah. I just went, I pre-ordered it on Steam, despite the fact it's coming to Game Pass, which I was like, okay, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to buy it if I have Game Pass. But I'll, I just pre-ordered it on Steam because they have a cancellation that I was like, well, yeah. if their, their policy allows that, then that's what I'm going to do. So I, I did that pre-order and I played, I didn't, I wanted to play it more this weekend but i only really got to sit down and play it one time but it was a pretty long session that was like two and a half hours or something and we played through almost all of the campaign uh we ended up losing at the end which that's something interesting that i'm hearing is that people are upset that uh the game can be very inconsistent in its difficulty is that like some even if you set it at the same difficulty Mm. you'll have rounds you're like wow that was way easier than the last time and then other times yeah so yeah I don't know if we just had like a bad luck or something, but um, but yeah, so far you know I I want to put more time in, but I I like what I've played so far. I don't know if it's great, but it's, it has me intrigued. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it does. I, I played a couple of like you go through and you get to a safe house, and then you go through another area and go to a safe house, and then you're like, hey, that was really easy, and then you get to the third area, and all of a sudden you're everybody the whole team's down you're trying to revive each other so it is inconsistent but how does the game look to you like yeah open and honest like because i think it looks good at first and you're like "Eh, i don't know what do you think 
Yeah, well, I, first of all, I was happy with how it was performing on my PC. Now, granted, I have a 3080, so it's... But <laughs> with it being beta, you know, I heard about... I didn't get to play the Halo beta. I'm still a little sour about that. But I was hearing Me about too. how the Halo beta is, oh, you so know, fun. on PC was eh, a little hit and miss depending on the performance, which it's a technical beta, so I wouldn't expect anything. But uh, it ran really well for me, and I thought it was, I was like, this looks good enough. Um, the one, there's a couple of visual things that I was like, this is kind of weird. Like we had weird, um, we had a weird bug where other players were running at like a really weird choppy frame rate. The rest of the game was fine, but the players were like all choppy and weird looking. Like that's weird. Um, but other than that, um, we had a couple of problems with like connecting into games, but again, this is, it's beta. There's stress testing servers and stuff like that. So whatever, that's, that's no biggie. Yeah, I didn't have any problems connecting. It just was one of those things where everything ran really good, but you know maybe there was some net code or somebody's internet or a host was holding things right. back. But the, one of the big complaints was that it didn't do anything groundbreaking Uh-oh. or anything totally new to justify 12 years as we played Left 4 Dead 2. I we think lost Left 4 the Dead host. 2 was the last one. Okay. What's that? We lost you for a second. Oh, oh I'm... I'm sorry. I didn't lose you. Uh, I was oh, just saying how oh, it doesn't. Maybe it was on was my weird. end. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah. How? Uh, sorry. If I'll, I'll reset it for Fonz. But how? Uh, it doesn't do anything like new or groundbreaking after 12 years of the last game. So right. Well, that's kind of been the interesting conversation I've seen is that there's a weird level of people that are were really hardcore Left 4 Dead fans that are disappointed in this. And then I've seen people that are also like, this is the Left 4 Dead 3 that we've always wanted. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. think it's either one of those things. I feel like it's uh, obviously very much has a Left 4 Dead feel. It's the, the same format. You're going from A to B with the safe houses and stuff like that. Um, but did World War same- Z do the same thing? Yes. I didn't play that. I have it because it was free on Epic Game Store at one point. I, that was third person, though. That was kind of the one of the change-ups. Right. But, you know, I didn't, like, when I was playing it, I was like, there's nothing that's blatantly offensive to me as far as, like, this being a spiritual successor for Left 4 Dead. I, I will say that when we booted up the game and it brings up, like, this card system with a deck, I was like, yeah. oh, no, <laughs> please, please don't. But then when, I, when we started playing, I was like, actually, you know what? This isn't so bad. Like, it's not, I, it's I was all, ex- it's all okay. in-game currency, right? It's like the better you do, the more you can right. earn in-game. Like it's rewarding for, for how you play or how well you play, I guess. Yeah. That's how it works. Right. I guess the, the the thing for me almost was that Left 4 Dead to me was like such an easy game to, easy to pick up, hard to master, obviously. But it wasn't like you needed to learn all these systems around the game, right? Like mm-hmm. different uh, buffs and debuffs and stuff like that. So when I saw those cards. I was like, please don't complicate this. It doesn't need that layer. But again, like I said, once we were getting into the rhythm of it, I was like, well, this does add an interesting level uh, to the game where you can kind of customize with stuff. But, um, but is it know- something that you could just do without though? I mean, like- right. It's it, any time a card system comes up, it throws up a red flag for me in a game. Like I'm like, <laughs> yes. eh, do I really want to mess with cards now? Like, and, and w- just watching, I didn't get to play it, but I watched some people messing with it. Some people, it, it was kind of 
almost polarizing. Some people hated the card system. Some people liked it. And uh, those that, that liked it kind of just got it and said, hey, this is just giving you uh, perks here and there. Right. Like, if you use a knife, you might get some health back or something or more health back if you kill some zombies or something. It's all it. cooperative stuff, so right? It, it's just different yeah. stuff. And it just seemed like whatever. But I personally don't like that sort of stuff in a game. Right. Like this. It just doesn't. <laughs> well, let's know. let's talk about what really ticked people off with uh, Back for Blood. There was, a, there was a couple bad takes on social media where... Isn't that so surprising that you see a bad take on Twitter? But uh, maybe sometimes it happens. <laughs> but really, bad takes. One of the things, someone was going around shooting the fruit, you know, trying to get things to react in the world, uh, saying that uh, Back for Blood is Game Pass fodder. But this all ties into this whole thing where uh, it, it goes back to Game Pass, sort of. But it's really this whole mess we've been seeing of people loading up games and and seeing how the world reacts I'm mean, throw a brick at a car window if it doesn't break the game's a zero out of ten i'm gonna set the grass on fire or i'm gonna roll the character around in blood and if it doesn't smear if it isn't immersive the game's crap and the developers don't know what they're doing dustin yeah. have you been watching this uh absolute uh, crap storm of ridiculousness yeah you know these these things happen on twitter and they're just so silly sometimes like and it just keeps happening. It just there's like a little break in between, and then the next thing. Like I remember, there was that big the puddle gate uh, with Spider Man that the the puddles mm -hmm. got downgraded or whatever. And it's like, come on! Like I don't know. You, it, not I mean, no pun intended here. But with this whole fruit thing, it's like you're comparing apples to oranges. Like it's not. <laughs> this isn't the type yeah. of game. The types of things that you compare. It just is stupid. Like I don't know. Obviously. The visual quality, the fidelity of a game is important, no doubt, right? But, like, yes. I find Tetris, the original, like, you know, Game Boy Tetris, more fun than some of the best, most beautiful AAA games that I've ever played. Like, I, I'm, okay, a little spicy here. I think Tetris, the original Game Boy Tetris, is more fun than Assassin's Creed, like any of the Assassin's Creed games ever. What? Assassin's Creed um, Valhalla. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, just I wanted don't, to love that. I'm not into those games, and that's okay. I don't, <laughs> it's okay. It's it's fun to sign so but, hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a dude. I know that they're well made games. Uh, I know that they're quality games, but they're not for yeah. me. But you know, that's the thing. It's just like I don't know. There's obviously things you can make fun of in a game for. It's like, hey, this toilet looks bad or whatever, whatever. But it's like when you bring it in as a comparison for this like console war fodder. Get out of here. Yeah, because there's a, at times, like, we've all done this. We've all played a AAA game that looks incredible, and you stop and you look at something, a texture of something on the wall or, or on the floor, and you're like, wow, that looks incredible, and and you move on. But then you'll see something, you know, maybe 10 steps away that looks just downright poor in, right. in quality. And that's the piece some of these people will pick out. It's like, there it is. There's the bad part. Game is trash. And it's like, dude, that's one texture out of a million billions of textures like it's just insane how people will just gravitate to just the most negative thing in a video right i like dude, there's, there's things to make fun of uh notoriously in final fantasy 7 remake the door there is a door in that game that has like a playstation one texture in the, the when the original <laughs> ps4 version that's fine and it 
people were like, is it bugged? Is it not loading in? Whatever. And it was like this door. And they like would update the game and the door would never get fixed. I'm pretty sure when they did the PS5 version. So yeah, pay pay the 10 bucks or whatever to get that door upgrade. Well, I guess no, it was Uh-oh. a free upgrade. It was a free upgrade, okay? <laughs> okay. Don't worry. But uh, you know, it's just like stuff like that. Yeah, I loved I love making fun. I still think that game's great. But I'm not going to be like see Xbox Game Pass or oh, uh Halo Infinite so much better because look at how this door sucks in this PlayStation game. Like <laughs> it just that's what it feels like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hargit Johnny in the chat, uh, thanks for this one. It's really good. Right on point, right in the moment. If people are picking stupid, obscure things like that to point out, it just means that both consoles are doing good and both uh, are doing well or looking good. But it's so true. Like, we get so nitpicky about uh, Cyberpunk dropping 10 frames during a battle here and it, it locks 60 over there on PlayStation. But yet, PlayStation doesn't have hardly any NPCs compared to Xbox. It was a settings difference. Like, I wish I could just explain to people if you knew the science and the technology behind what your TV does to give you a display, you wouldn't be nitpicking pixels or textures popping in. Like we we really do have it really good. We really do yeah. have it good. Like Dustin said about Tetris, even you know, comparing it to something like Tetris, it's not always about the looks of the game. It's it's about the fun factor and how yeah. what you get out of it, and and that's right. what it comes down to as a gamer. Um, man, what's I, your, we played what's so your many game, indie- funds. What's up? What's your game that doesn't look like amazing, but you love it like a ton? Um, wow. Well, uh, I can think I of one so you played at the end of last year. That don't look like fantastic or anything, but they're they're great games. They're just fun to play. Um, can't think of any off the top of my head, but man, I I recently even went back to uh, what a couple of months back playing um the original Final Fantasy VII, which is not a looker by any means, but it was it's right. fun. It, it, it's yep. a fun game. Yep. It's graphics. Yeah. <laughs> I love graphics, so, man. And and you know us old guys, we 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 come from an era where I mean, you were a little a literal square at one point, and you were playing in these games. And sometimes I think we just take things for granted. Even people that have been growing up from Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and on, you, we take a lot for granted. These developers create so much great beauty and artistic things within these games that. We're not really opening our eyes sometimes. I hate to, you know, sound like all, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, with, I, I'm, I'm just saying, you. like, it's one of those things where it's, we just take things for granted and we just need to understand that games are about fun and what you get out of them. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll give a public service announcement before I go to Des- Dustin again about how this console, like when people do this console war stuff, they compare this game or they trash another game. We have to remember that there is a whole team of people that make games so that we can enjoy them. And we buy them or we rent them on Game Pass or whatever we do. But you just have to remember that just so you can get something over on somebody on Twitter, there's so many people that you're just like railroading, just driving over them. And I don't, maybe we don't always care about the people that work behind the scenes to make the games. Maybe I don't thank the lady that works on the line that makes Doritos or whatever, right? But like we do have to learn to enjoy things. It's gotten really obnoxious. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Well, service. I just think we, we talked about this on Sacred Symbols the other day because we were like, man, the, the climate right now amongst uh, the fans, we'll say to put it nicely, is, is very strange in that like, the Xbox fans are, 
You know, they're eating well right now. Game Pass is a great service. There's tons of great stuff on the horizon for them. There's always, like, really good rumors of stuff coming. And, you know, that's great. And they were beat up for a very long time. Uh, You know, the Xbox One generation, not that it was all bad, but it had some, some dark moments. And the PlayStation fans, who have been on top this whole time, are, like... They're they're having this identity crisis in that they're the PS5 is still selling very very well, selling much better than the Xbox, so they feel like they're winning. But at the same time, they're getting all these you know punches here and there, so it's created you know. And I I say all these points here, but it's just like you know, it doesn't really matter to me at the end of the day. <laughs> it matters but to someone. <laughs> just as I'm analyzing the situation of all these people, it's like th- th- this is such a unique time uh for for both companies right now they're both doing incredibly yep. well and that's very exciting for everybody yeah i I, yes. i've said it a million times i think that this generation is going to be really special i think we're going to see a lot of push uh with innovation because of these consoles being a lot better than the previous you know generation the cpus alone i mean yeah. those old jag cpus that we had were just so bad and and now we've got something that can uh, actually push the envelope a bit. And uh, I'm just looking forward to what both of these consoles come out with. Um, I don't really include the Switch so much because, you know, it's the Nintendo Switch. Um, Nintendo's going to keep doing what they do and more power to them because it's doing, you know, they're making money off of it. But um, with PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S, we're going to see a lot of great gaming, a lot of great competition I'm excited, man. I'm really excited for this gen. I agree. I agree, Fonz. Uh, Poom in the chat says, what about the gaming media that uses the console war to farm engagement? Uh, Well, that's true. Like, if you you need clicks, like, there are spicy, as we say, there's spicy headlines. There's headlines that will draw PlayStation versus Xbox guys to fight. But when you think about it, there's... 100 million of us hardcore, 50 million hardcore gamers on Switch, PC, and consoles, right? So we're really the voice. So it's really up to us. And in the past, for quite a few years, I was in the console war, like Dustin said, but I wasn't in eighth grade. So I had to learn some hard Hmm. lessons. I've tried to back out of that quite a bit. And sometimes I have fun among friends, but not at the expense of insulting other people. I've tried to get away from that. But it's really up to us. To continue, and I see it more and more. Dustin, you probably see this on social media when you'll see, um, I won't name a site, but you'll see a site do kind of a kind of a nasty headline, and the resounding voice is, "We're above this. We're we're past this." Have you seen this, Dustin? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things where sometimes I'm trying to think how to say this right, like. Sometimes there are more inflammatory things, but also it's like a a website could put out an opinion piece or something like that. That's just like a a true thing, a a criticism of one side or or another, and it's taken as like fodder for console wars stuff. It's actually for for Last Stand, we had a clip that has been very well circulated where after the Jason Schreier article about PlayStation came out. Uh, about the Last of Us remake and Sony's focus on blockbusters, 
we put out uh so during the episode we had this like really long chat about it. we were like this sounds really bad like this yep. is not what we want from sony as big sony fans on a playstation podcast um and so we put that clip out because we felt like it was a pretty important piece from the show and it's funny just because of how it's been used it's been used you know like as like a see look even these guys think it's bad that's how you yeah, know yeah. and then so i i don't know like i think there's definitely some people that are, are definitely baiting the clicks with how how they're inflammatory but i don't know it's all it just all feels like a mess in a lot of ways yeah, but like you guys in that clip, I remember the clip, uh, you know, vividly because um, it went everywhere. Like people were talking about it, and a lot of people used it as f- a fodder. But, um, but like you guys did with that clip, it's something that you were really feeling at the time. It's not like you guys were doing it for clicks. It just, you know, it was your true uh, feelings. So right, right, yeah. and that's the, th- you know, we're always there's some people. What I've always find funny, I don't know. Surely this happened to you guys too, where it's like. You say something based on the current information or the current landscape, and then literally sometimes that can change within a few days. And someone be like, "Look what you said!" It's like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. Come on, yeah. like that's we were just yeah. this is this is the opinion. Our show, our show is an opinion news show. We gave our opinion on the news at the time, and now. Yep. Dustin, I know all about that. I centered my (laughs) channel around Cyberpunk 2077 for quite a bit of months. And when that game dropped in the shape that it did, the hell that I received in the comment section. You told me it was going to be this or that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was just relaying information. We all really, truly believed it would be, too. It's so ridiculous. It's always like, I got you. Got you on that one. Yeah. I still love the game, though. I I, I loved it. Uh, Played it on the Series X minimal problems um some yeah you and i played 120 hours of it still enjoyed yep. it didn't yep. look amazing sometimes it looked amazing sometimes yep. it didn't right yeah, and people but you know like, what it, yeah people were like well why haven't you talked about the game after it dropped i'm like well isn't it obvious just look at my comment section on those videos now it's just people yeah i'm i'm hiding in the corner for a little bit like wait for things to cool down <laughs> yep but you know it hasn't been all doom and gloom Today, Xbox has been in the news pretty prominently after being quiet for about two weeks. Hellblade, Sinua's Sacrifice got a free no PlayStation tax, uh, as the guys were saying today. Got a free (laughs) upgrade to 120 frames, um, 30 frames ray tracing, and a higher quality 60 FPS mode, right? Uh, Have you guys had a chance to check this out? Not yet. Uh, No, not yet. Okay. I just saw the information, yeah. It was a like a 16 gigabyte update. I loaded it up. I'm in the middle of... I, I went back and restarted. I'm in the middle of the game, and I'm totally lost in this one section. Um, yeah, they just really made this game look even better. Uh, it's already incredible wonder. looking, man. Yeah, it's one of, the, one of the great looking games from a team, really, that was around 20 people at the time. Something like that. <sighs> Mostly crazy. 20 people. And now they're up uh, quite a bit more at Ninja Theory working on the game. So... We're excited to see what Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga will look like. Uh, have you had a chance to play through this game, Dustin? Yeah, I played through it, might have been a year or a year and a half ago. It was after the announcement of the sequel. It's like, you know what, this game's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, a lot of people have talked about it, and I I thought it was really great. I enjoyed it. And it made me, it's one of those games, um, I put a game like that in the same slot in my head as... Uh, a plague tale 
It's like a really, mm-hmm. it has like high production value, but it's still, uh, has some budget elements to it, but it's budget in the right way. It's like really smart design on how they decided like, okay, it's going to have really good visuals, really engaging story. We're going to keep the, the combat a little more limited, but we're going to let the story take the lead. That's a really interesting space to sit in. And I want to see more games like that. And it makes me excited for the sequel. Like, you know, they laid the groundwork in this world and this character uh, for both those games, actually, Hellblade and um, Plague Tale, both, yeah. I think, um, will have hopefully really fantastic sequels. I think with yes. uh, Hellblade, the original, it's, uh, for me anyway, I tried to play it. I couldn't get through it. Um, and the main reasons are I don't really like the puzzle aspect of the game, the way they utilize puzzles, the the, the whole seeing different characters. And so I didn't like that. And I didn't like the combat. The combat was just bad. And um you, you said it <laughs> really politely limiting um limiting yeah. yeah it's definitely frustrating at yeah. points and, and, and so i yeah. hope the next one though they improve upon both of those aspects that, that if they improve on the combat alone that'll make it a lot more satisfying so we'll see yeah we we've seen them they trained uh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pronounce her name very Americanized. Melinda Jurgens. They've, they've trained her in combat training hand-to-hand. They brought in the guy that trained people in the Star Wars movies with lightsabers. So they had her with you know oh. the lightsaber stick. And so it looks like it's going to be more than just slash, block, block, slash, slash. So I'm looking forward to that. But having an updated full version of this didn't come to PlayStation. And uh, some people were upset that PlayStation is not getting the patch, but... Why would that be? Right. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're like. That's, I don't know. That's strange to me, but I fully expect if sunset overdrive got ported to the PlayStation, which it should, there's no reason why it shouldn't unless Xbox, I don't think Xbox even owns the IP at this point. So I think it's all uh, insomniac. So if it got ported to the PlayStation five, I wouldn't expect an updated version to come to Xbox. It's just how it works. Right. But um yeah. Xbox is paying so, the bill now. So Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh Cade Forever gives a super chat. Thanks for this one. It says Halo Battle Royale at Gamescom. We're gonna talk about Gamescom here in a minute. Um my opinion, it might be too early to hear something about that. Dustin, what do you think about the next Halo Infinite announcement, I guess? Yeah. Well, part of me feels like how soon is Gamescom? Is that? It's in like two weeks. Two weeks. It's the 24th. 24th. 25th yeah. is Gamescom. I think it's the day before Xbox is putting it on. I think the that's the, the do or die date for if Halo Infinite is coming out this year. Uh, if they oh do not have gosh. A, If there is not a date by Gamescom, do I think die. that they're going to push mm. it a little bit. Oh, you just opened a can of worms. We got Paris is in the chat with the side eyes. Uh, side eyes or uh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on you you know mm, Paris yeah. of course is is a co-host for the Gamescom show uh, never you know it's like he's done this stuff and behind the scenes on his show he's done his work and then he gets on the Xbox show and just uh, does an excellent job so of course they called him back that's no surprise congratulations to him uh, can't wait to see what meme comes out of Paris's next on camera Xbox 
And Paris has been doing this thing, the podcast thing and everything forever. Ten years. Ten, yeah, ten plus years. Yeah. So, yeah, I've shout out to Randall to Thor forever. 19 in the, uh, in the chat as well. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he gives us side eyes. So, Dustin, you just, like, opened a huge can of worms. And I mentioned Randall Thor in the chat because we've been talking. Rand and I talk every day on the phone. I talk to Fonz almost every day, too. We talk all the time. But Rand and I were talking about Halo Infinite. And, and Rand likes to do these what-ifs with me. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, Rand, are you doing this on purpose? Because Rand hears a lot of stuff. He's like not the insider that hears stuff from the inside. You know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> 15 years, Paris says. Yep. 15 years of podcasting. So, oof. oh man, that's half his life. <laughs> uh, so, so Rand says to me, Colt, do you think they're going to release the Halo multiplayer this November? and then release the campaign in the spring. Mm. And I'm like, Rand, what have you heard? So before oh, I move no. any forward, I mean, first forward with that, Dustin, what are you thinking? Because you mm. open this thing, right. and you have to deal with it. Well, I, I already see some people in the comments like, what about Horizon? I'm not talking about Horizon. Yeah, we're not. We're talking that. about Halo, okay? Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> Sony's messaging with Horizon right now, not so good. Okay, everyone's already like these. The, it's leaked. They don't know. It's like, yeah, that's also a problem. But it's not like what we're talking about right now. So exactly. Okay, and, uh, take it easy. That's all I'm saying. But I'm just saying, <laughs> as you, like, as you split, yeah. You know, this is their their biggest game. Um, for I mean, this was supposed to be the big game at the launch of the console. It got delayed a year. We are now in August, and it's supposed to come out this year still. We've had one technical preview. To be clear, also, I don't. I think it very well could come out this year. I think it's very, very possible. I'm not saying like it's not coming out this year, but I feel like they really got to say something like pretty soon, in my opinion. Like they gotta, they gotta lock it in. You know, obviously, there's still you know people are gonna get it on Game Pass, but like the people like pre-orders and planning their release calendar and stuff like that. I just. I mean, maybe there's a possibility where they don't say anything, and then, like, in September, they're like, yeah, it's coming out in two months. I mean, it would be a kind of an un- an unprecedented move for a game of that scale to have a release date so quick after an announcement of the date. Like, that would be pretty crazy. Again, not impossible, but I think it's time. They got to they gotta commit uh, to a date. I agree. Yeah, I got it. I gotta. I'll help out Randall Thor so he doesn't get like crazy DMs because I. I just like <laughs> I set that up for Dustin and then I just let him have it. Right. So we do have to play devil's advocate as I bring Fonz into this because sure. there's there's a lot of gears moving. Coalition. Now there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that are in movement that would keep a Halo Infinite release date from being spoken right now. So there's a lot more to the story than what Dustin and I have just said. One of the things that Randall Thor said is we may hear about the Call of Duty release date. We also chopped this out today. Call of Duty has been out for 18 years and has never missed a year. They've right. been November of every year from 2003 until 2020, right? It's crazy. So Ram was like, what if Call of Duty gets delayed? And we're like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. So like, we're doing the math, right? We're, we're pouring stuff in the beakers and, and, we're, and we're testing the waters, right? So Fonz... Rand says Phil is waiting to hear when the release date for Call of Duty is because those things are like oil. They don't Mm. want those to mix. So 
Fonz, take this as the smartest guy you are with all the information you know. What is going on with the Halo Infinite release date? What could you happen? Know, I do have to say that Paris says it best in the chat. He said, COVID-19 says no rules on when you commit to a release date. And, you know, oh, that, okay. that plays okay. a, a huge part in all this for sure. But I do say that it is games like Call of Duty that they're probably waiting to see a release on. Um, that said, though, I mean, you still have to... Are they even Are they even saying, like, holiday 2021 still? Yes. Is that something that's being put out? And Phil said that the campaign well, then, is ready. It's, it's done. Then, then, you know, he said I, we're ready to release this year. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be releasing this year. Um I would love it to release November 15th. Phil said a lot on that date because that is <laughs> the anniversary. So Yes, yes. Yes, the anniversary. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you Fonz, but Phil no said a lot of things and he's had to go back on some things. As we said like, you know, 15 minutes ago, sometimes you report things and things change and and Phil doesn't get to Make the decision when things behind the scene need to be worked out. There's a lot with this release, but Fonz, do you think it's? And I don't do think, think they're going to split the game at all. There you go. I think That's that is is not happening. You're not going to have the multiplayer split from the campaign. It's not going to be done. Uh, I, is it worth it in the to... past that it wasn't going to? They weren't going to do that for sure. Like they were saying, they they weren't going to split this. No, game. Phil did say something about a year ago around this time yeah. in an interview with. Um, I can't remember who his interview was with. He said something about, no, actually he said we could release the game and then move the consoles later with manufacturing. That had nothing to do with splitting the game. Yeah, the game so, won't be split, man. What about it you, Dustin? Split. You think they would split the game? Because you brought it up uh, uh, first. It's your fault. <laughs> I I would hope not. I don't think they would. I, uh, Fonz, I think uh, there's some meshing out there where they were like, no, we're not doing that. I think that would be a, a bad move uh just i wouldn't want that either like man I, like that's the other thing i want to be clear about guys i'm very excited to play this game i've started Same. my halo yeah. replay uh, i'm just lightly like you know maybe doing a mission here a mission there and hopefully by the time uh whenever this game comes out rolls around i'm, I'm like ready to go i love 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 halo so or i want to how about that i'm 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 glad the beta was great. Uh, I've been skeptical about this game just because 343 has done nothing, well, until the beta, to instill confidence. Uh, but then the beta was very good. So that's yes, that's letting me get that's excited true. without too much worry. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's all about right now I'm focused on the multiplayer. I think the multiplayer aspect looks incredible. Uh, and from what I'm hearing from friends and stuff that had gotten in and played because I didn't get in. Unfortunately, I signed up and I didn't get an invite. I think all my 343 slander has prevented that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I joke about that. But um, I am not a big fan of, of 343's Halo titles. Um, I, I just haven't been. Uh, Halo 5, of course, being the game that's just a, a mess to me within the story and everything, the campaign. Mm -hmm. I didn't even like Halo 4, and, and that's kind of spi a spicy take. I get a lot of hate for that, but the, the you know the Prometheans, the Didact, I did not care for that at all. Didn't care for the you know Cortana stuff going on with Master Chief. It was almost more like a a, a relationship between the two rather than you know like. And when I say relationship, I mean like a real relationship. Um, if you get what right. I mean, it was just weird. Um, I just didn't care for it. Uh, but as far as the multiplayer aspect of Halo Infinite 
looks incredible. I'm the jury is still out with me when it comes to the campaign. I need to see more of that campaign. I need to play that story before I'll, I'll ever say, yeah, three, four, three nailed it. Because for me, the campaign is, is the hugest part of halo for me. And right. uh, if they don't nail this campaign, then I don't know what to say. Cause my faith in three, four, three is pretty much non-existent when it comes to story. Right. I mean, it, it, for me too, it goes beyond that. Like, I was so excited when the Day Master Chief collection was going to come out. And mm-hmm. that was the abs like that was a botched launch. That was so that was like seriously such a disappointing day for me. And I know they've gone back and fixed it. I just yeah. played it on Friday. I was playing multiplayer. I'm like, man, this is great. I'm so glad they fixed it. But I I am thankful and I'm glad, but I have not forgotten like how how <laughs> yeah, bad that yeah. was and that that launch. That was like that was a big moment that they just completely fumbled on and again for six months or longer yeah yeah and so you know i understand that people are are you know i'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade with halo like the beta looked great i'm very you know it's getting me excited but there's a lot of reasons to be cautiously optimistic yeah i mean the the servers are going to get slammed and they're going to be down the day one you're there's probably going to be uh, there could be like three to 5 million people playing the first month from yeah. PC and console. It's going to be crazy how many people are playing, but it's, Oh, they really don't have look to, to get it, into the, like the multiplayer aspect day one, like that first few hours is going to be a nightmare. Sure. And I really, ex- I expect them to do a lot more testing. It sounds like they kind of are backing off. They want to bring something later, but three, four, three really needs to spend the next couple months just, letting more people play the game. But I spent the entire weekend with the flighting. The game feels really great. Of course, you, both you and anybody else that didn't get in have heard the overall uh, response was that the game did really well and that the, it felt great and it sounded great. The guns feel well, you know, are great. The, The combat's still there. So that instills confidence. The other thing about the, I'll be the the bright shining beam of sunshine. Dustin said some really great things, but you know he's worried about the campaign. But we kind of seen from the last showing with with Chief floating around in zero gravity. There's like there's some feel back into the campaign. Of course, we know it's more classic Halo than it is Halo Five, which is super good. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. They need to show more, and we need to hear when that release date is and so but, but the problem is colt this is the most ambitious halo game i i, I would say mm-hmm. ever created especially with it being you know pretty much open world and it's it's such a different it's a departure from the rest of them you got the open world thing you've got the whole thing where they want to continue like making not necessarily an episodic game or 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 is it because they they were saying something about a 10-year plan about continuing a story and they're just trying to do a lot with halo right now and i'm wondering if it's going to if they're going to nail it or not um that's, well, that that's could my mean, biggest issue that could mean that the multiplayer foundation will continually be added upon but a new halo game will come out and the campaign yeah. will have the same multiplayer just brought forward and updated like destiny has done i don't know I've got some super chats I want to read. Uh, a lot of people have been really active and wanted to ask yeah. us questions while we're here uh, talking about uh, Halo delayed. No, I'm just kidding. 
Yodani Kudanza Careful. says, I, I, <laughs> yeah, as they clip that, right? Oh, really quick. Other Zinc <laughs> said Halo Infinite is not an open world. I thought it was an open world it, Halo. It is at least semi-open world. It's got a map. You can yeah. go to places at will. I, yeah. I'm interested to see what kind of open world that is. Other Zinc and, and both of us, we may be uh, partially correct in our own ways. We don't know Maybe. for sure. Yodani Kudanza says, and I don't know what the super chat means. You guys might have to help me or he can write something in his correction. He says, wonder what SVC would be perfect for episodic content. SVC. Wonder what uh, single, I don't know. SVC. I don't know. He'll, he'll write it. He'll write it in a comment. We'll get that. Lady Foxfire says, I love supporting great content creators. Keep doing your thing, Colt. And I can't wait for the merch. She won my monthly merch. She picked out an, an XNC, uh, this logo here. An XNC hoodie. That looks really nice. great. She'll be able to wear that when uh, it stops <laughs> getting 100 degrees around here. So uh, I'm sending that out to her. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that for the people who are channel members or patrons. I do a monthly draw, and I say, hey, pick an item, and I'll ship it to you. And uh, you can go to Walmart looking absolutely fabulous in Cold Eastwood merch. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you for you know, over 800 people uh, watching here as Dustin and Fonz and I talk about the gaming news topics. You're amazing. Hit the like button to show your support. It actually only takes a second to go over and hit that button and get the thumbs up. And it shows that, uh, hey, you really like us. We're, we're great people. <laughs> we need the feedback, okay? You know, we're, <laughs> we do need the feedback. We're vain enough. We put ourselves on camera. It's like, please. Yeah, please. I, I made myself look as good as possible. <laughs> I shaved today. Now, Space Dovakin says Skyrim, baby. It just works. Uh, He's got the Starfield. He or she has the Starfield uh, uh, avatar. So a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Skyrim, but Elder Scrolls is a few years away. Uh, Hargit Chani says, another super chat. I wonder if it's really like this in other areas. Does oh, When we were talking about the console war, some of these are a little bit back here, but I'll, I'll reset them for us. But he, like, does Ford <laughs> have to kill GM for someone to like a Mustang? Yes. Doesn't yeah. are people crazy about like car or phone models? Like, is this a phones, thing? Yeah. Oh, phones, yeah. I mean, the, the Apple versus Android. That's that's a, that's actually a pretty similar battle, I think, amongst people. But... I think that's the worst battle. I think that's the most violent. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. People get I really mean, upset over the phones. Yeah, I heard but... someone say, I can't take you seriously because you're tweeting from an Android. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Predator H2O says, what are the chances we get a custom Halo or Forza console or controller? Fonz, take this question. Uh, what did it say exactly? Or, or What are the chances we're going to get custom-themed Halo or Forza or whatever consoles or maybe mm. even controllers? Man, I, I don't know. I, 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 I know this I, one. I, they're slim right now, I guess. I, I don't... I haven't heard anything. Mm -hmm. it's, it, if it's just months away, you'd think you'd see more controllers and stuff from it. I, I'd say you'd see a controller. Pretty, I'm pretty definite on that. Hasn't what about you, Dustin? Do you think that it, there's any possibility that Xbox or PlayStation are going to have themed consoles in the next year? Well, the thing that I was thinking about is just that I want to say that every Halo, maybe not, all, maybe not some of the early ones, have had a custom design a custom console that you can buy like i remember i remember the reach one for sure there was the halo 3 one because uh, i remember like the the mm -hmm. the chrome or whatever uh bronze disc tray or whatever 
And then there was one for Halo 5. Yep. Uh, and then let's see, Halo... I'm, I'm searching on Google now. There's one for Halo 4. So, I mean, tradition says that they would maybe do this. It is a little early in the console generation, maybe. I don't know. How, how quickly do we usually get turnarounds on custom, uh, you know, special designs and stuff? Have we seen well, custom consoles for the Series X or, or S? Not well, yet. Not yet. Even if they want... I. Th- I'm going to go away, step away from you guys. I think even if we wanted them to make a make a Halo Infinite theme console to to celebrate the launch, I don't think they could even they're able to get them out. I think oh, the supply constraint just true. just makes it like a moot point. I I don't know how that works exactly, but I don't know how many they make. Let's say they make unless they make them in very limited order, like you know, like what do they make? Like three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand God of War PS4s. I don't remember how many they. I have no idea, but like you can't even get that many ding dang consoles out on into ding retailers. Dang. Watch your yeah, you language. Like that cuss word? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I learned from Phil Hendry. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't even get these consoles out to your customers. Vanilla. So yep. I think it's it's. The controller thing is 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 a possibility. I would hope at least PlayStation and Xbox are thinking about custom controllers. They can sell those all day, but people want a new console. They just want a console, I guess. Yeah. That's what's going on. Um, RDX Son of Fett says Halo launches November 15th. So he has that inside information. That would be, uh, isn't that Fonz? Isn't that the uh, 20th anniversary? Yep. yep. Perfect. So, let me pull up my calendar real quick. Um, if you'll indulge me for a moment, that would be a Monday in November and call of duty. Uh, I remember I talked to Dustin. You might know this call of duty normally launches on a Tuesday. Is that, that true? Sounds or is that a- right. Cause I think I talked to Rand about this and he's like, Phil probably wants to launch on the 15th on the 20th anniversary but he doesn't want to launch the next day after Call of Duty. It's not, it's just, you just don't want those two to have to get in the way of each other because they're both very big. Call of Duty is probably bigger, but it's just not smart for either of them. It doesn't do anybody any good, even even with right. Halo and Game Pass. So, Yeah, uh, you want to give yeah. them a little room to breathe. Like It just yeah. doesn't feel necessary to have those two giants compete on the same day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Randall uh, Thor Thor says that Halo normally launches on a Tuesday, so that would be, of course, the 16th. Um, But yeah, I wonder if they would move it one day just to hit that. But I really think I'm going to stand by that. I'm really, really confident that this Halo Infinite release date hasn't been spoken because they're very careful about where that release date needs to land compared to the other big things. Xbox always talked about the blast zone. Phil said the word blast zone. So I'm hoping that's what's going on, but like <laughs> there, anything can happen. Uh, this goes yeah. along with it. Don Ataku adds to this uh, with the super chat says, I bet my knees with his K- King David reference. Oh. I bet my knees that halo infinite will launch campaign and multiplayer at the same time this year. So um, we will take inventory of that knee. And I'll do one more, and then we'll get into the topics. We're going to talk about Gamescom. People have been waiting to talk about Gamescom. We don't know what to expect. But 
Prof JJ says Xbox makes gaming history by releasing Halo and Forza Horizon 5 on November 9th. He's saying the same day, making it the first ever first party doubleheader release. You heard it here for first. Fonz, you think that's a good idea? No, no, not at all. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's not happening. Uh, oh, let me let me talk about this first. We're so disjointed, but it, it's fun time. Dustin, I got to go with youth on this one because Jim Ryan is happily celebrating that they acquired Nixus, a PC porting company, and he said in his words, "This will help them bring their IPs to PC and help with their multi-platform strategy," which is not a word you often hear in a PlayStation statement. But I think right. it's a good thing. But let's hear from you. Like you, you're you're in the Xbox and PlayStation news a lot, so let's hear what you have to say. This is another one, man, that uh, sometimes our audience pushes back on, and I don't understand just because I think that PlayStation bringing some of these games over to PC is fantastic. I think that especially bringing some of these old, like uh, the PS4 games, right, like. Lining up uh, the God of War to be, you know, six months or whatever to bring it on PC six months before the next God of War comes to PS5. It's fantastic. It makes total marketing sense that they would get this game out, would have a whole new audience on PC. And, you know, maybe some of those people play it and you're like, you know what? This is a reason why I maybe want to purchase a PlayStation 5. Uh, this This is going to draw me to that hardware. And then maybe... Someone plays it and they're like, thanks, that was great. Uh, I will wait patiently for the next God of War on PC. You know what Sony says? No problem. We are you paid us for the game. We made money again. You know, they're gonna they're not gonna charge twenty dollars for these these PC ports. They're probably gonna charge fifty or more. I'm trying to think, was right. was uh Horizon was was that fifty or sixty? I 60? think it was fifty. I think it yeah. was fifty. So it wasn't quite sixty, but it wasn't you know the the PS4 cheapo price, right? So it's a Steam price, yeah. And nor right. will they charge seventy dollars for a game either. They're not going to do that on PC, right? The PC gamers aren't going to spend that money, right? And I think that you know there's there's people that are like, well, if Sony's releasing their games on PS PC, then what's the point of buying a PS5? I'm like, dude, there's still like. The next next God of War, it's not going to be day and date PS5 and, and PC. And the next Horizon aren't going to be day and date PS5 and PC. The only games that I would see them doing that with is that with Sony's new emphasis on esports and those, you know, they've they've recently, uh, what's that, Firewalk, uh, the studio that has SMFPS chops and stuff like that. There's rumors of them working on a game. Uh, they ha- They hired the Siege director. So they're clearly interested in doing some esports stuff. I could see those games being PS5 and PC day and date because if you want to hook in that audience, you need to have that game on PC. So, you know, this just seems like a win for for everybody. The PlayStation fans, this means more attention to the IPs that you love. This means more people coming. If, if you want to play the fanboy wars, this will bring <laughs> people to PlayStation 5. You know, it's... Sony, they're not making money on uh, Uncharted 4 <coughs> anymore on PlayStation. Right. They see this as a new opportunity, a new revenue stream to get people on board. And I think that's great. And I do have to oh, piggyback yeah. off that and say that Go for uh, it. I think that they're going to uh, make the release date on PC uh, that 
I think they're going to make it shorter um, after it releases on PS5. Yeah, not I like think three it'll years. Be closer yeah. to the date because look, Ghost of Tsushima was you know going to PC and or is going to PC, and that game came out as far last as we year. would guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, has it been confirmed that they're porting it to PC? It's not confirmed. Not con- yeah, not confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. we could just assume it will oh, be. It's, it's but, a very uh, big rumor though that that is happening. Yeah. I I just feel like it could get to the point where. It, it'll drop on PlayStation 5, and then even six months later, drop on PC. The money is there. The market is there. And and it's, I've always looked at PC gamers and console gamers as really two different types of gamers anyway. Right. And mm-hmm. you have some that do own everything, including a PC, but you have a lot of gamers on console that don't even own a PC or don't play games on a PC. And so there's a different market there. And it and Sony sees that and and they're going after it. It's smart. Yeah, I, it's a smart move. I don't think that people would leave the PlayStation to play on PC. I no. think there's so many. The majority of console owners just want to play on that console, and that's fine. But uh, when we were talking about updates, this is a great one from Tim Dog. He he super chatted. As a PS5 owner, I'm sick of the crap tax Jim Ryan has on PS5. Mm. I mean, come on. Now he's he's just kidding around, uh, Tim. Tim is all smiles all the time, but he's had a he's had a little bit of fun with the ten dollar banger tax or the ten dollar upgrade tax. Uh, this is perpetuated with the X or the PlayStation updates. In a lot of them, not all of them. Some of it applies, some of it doesn't. Have you seen any heat from this, Dustin, about yeah. this ten dollar upgrade tax? Oh, we've been bringing the heat on this. This is something we were very critical of in that. <sighs> The the issue comes in that like for like right now the big example is Ghost of Tsushima the director's cut um, I have no problem they're adding a big expansion to this game that looks pretty good uh, they're going to charge thirty dollars for existing uh, owners and that will get you the expansion and it will upgrade your version of the PS5 yeah. no problem with that I have no problem spending thirty dollars for more content the issue is when if someone buys the director's cut version on PS4, because they're putting out new disc copies, and on PSN, if you want to play that exact same content, if you eventually upgrade to a PS5, then it's just $10. That's like, for what? Like, that's... To me, mm-hmm. that's like... I, I don't know. You wouldn't expect to play... Like, you know... <laughs> I understand there's work that goes into those ports, but it's like, look at the market yeah. right now. Look at Xbox with their... Uh, with smart delivery. Look at how it works on PC. It's like... This is not like why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you charging that ten dollars? And I think it's a little less applicable for Death Stranding because that's a ten dollar upgrade. But there's like more content. They showed off all these new things that you can do in the game. So I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a ten dollar yeah. upgrade along with all of the additional director's cut bonus content. That makes sense to me. Paying for content, but the Ghost of Shima one, I'm like. No, like this is this ain't it. I don't know what they're thinking on that. Yeah, there's been too many other third party and plus Xbox first party upgrades that are free. Like Metro Exodus did a full ray tracing and full optimized version on PlayStation and Xbox and didn't charge for it. So, I, like when you said Dustin, like people need to be paid for their work. But yeah. sometimes there's so many studios who just say, "Hey, we just want to put our time into this." to make it look the way it should because the last generation consoles were so constrained. They were bottlenecked in performance and like they want their vision realized as on PC as well as new consoles. 
you see that, but it just seems like a PlayStation might be the only one who's charging $10 for upgrades, but there's other studios, 2K, Rockstar will do it. That when we get Red Dead 2, right, Fonz? When yeah. we get Red Dead 2 at 60 frames, we're going to be paying, uh, we'll probably be paying full price for that thing again. Well, that's uh, Rockstar, man. Look, at Grand Theft Auto is going to be re-released again. I, I'm, I'm surprised people are still playing Grand Theft Auto 5, but there's a Stop it! That, so. <laughs> stop playing it! No. If you want Grand Theft Enough. Auto 6, stop playing Grand Theft Auto 5. Just stop. Well, I mean, keep playing it, but stop buying short cards, because we want Grand Theft Auto 6. Yes. Hey, Kid Smooth in the chat says, do we get a release date at Gamescom? Uh, he's probably talking about when we were talking about Halo. What's the wait? We cover that pretty well, but I didn't get to his question, but Kid Smooth's right. As fans, we want to know when it is, but I'm sure uh, most of us are probably assuming it's still this year, but it is nice to have that peace of mind. Purple Haze 4564, thank you for this one, says, Hey Colt, what do you think if Microsoft acquired Quantic Dreams, the developers behind Detroit, become human? Do you think we'll get a God of War-like game from Microsoft? There's two questions. Do you think we'll get a God of War-like game to compete against Sony? Right now, the only thing that's even God of War-like would probably be Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. It's bigger. It's not so linear. Uh, it's more more production. More more. There's a AAA budget in it. They're doing a lot of things. You know what, Colt? Um, that just it, it just shows you that a lot of people on a lot of Xbox gamers are clamoring for a third-person per, uh, action adventure game like Sony brings. Yes, up. and uh, yes. that's something I've been wanting them to do forever. And, uh, you know, they just need one like that. They need something big. That's the, what is the it Lord Cognito. It just, yes, just one. Uh, I think we were thinking the same thing. Yeah. We were. Yep. <laughs> yeah, say it again. Say it again. Just one. It, just wait, one. What is it? Hash, just, hashtag just one. I'd right. like hashtag more than one, personally, because I, I, that's why I love Sony's exclusive games. I mean, they're my favorites because I love that genre. I love the uh, storytelling yeah, I, in them. The third-person action adventure stuff is really great. Uncharted's, uh, Last of Us. I mean, I want that third person semi open world where your character yeah. can move at will, get into combat, explore around. It's so funny that such a simple thing like your character climbing or clamoring over and getting in and around obstacles can lend to so much enjoyment for me. I don't know why I like that so much in games where your character, yeah. like, you know, games where you go up to a wall and your character won't jump or can't climb over this wall that's like right up here because it's not built into the game. Like I'm playing Hellblade Sinuous. There could be a tree stump in front of you and you can't step over it. (laughs) I'm in a puzzle. Get to me. Yeah, I'm in a puzzle in Sinuous Sacrifice when I was replaying it today uh, with the new update, and I'm trying to figure out how to get around. And there's a stone wall in front of her, and I'm like, if she would just climb up on (laughs) that, just grab it. I could go over to that spot where it wants me to go, but they want me to do a puzzle. Ah, well, it's just fun stuff, but. Uh, Don Otaku says, I think Master Chief's story will end at the campaign launch and then the 10-year story updates will be created Spartan similar, will be about your created Spartan similar to Destiny. Mm. I never thought about that. Hmm. Interesting. Do you think they're going to end the Master Chief's storyline? Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that if that was the case, honestly. Because yeah. um, I, I play Halo for, for Master Chief. That's, he's, he's the guy. That's why I play those games, those campaigns. I'm going to throw a nasty uh, firework down on the on the ground right now, but twice this past week, let me get serious with you guys. Twice this past week, someone, uh, a troll has DM, uh, two different trolls have DM'd me a carrot list of the, of the 
the spoilers for Halo uh, Infinite. And I saw the list and kind uh, of recognized what I was probably looking at. And, you know, naturally we can look at words quickly and bank out. And it was one of those things I did. Last night I got another one. Uh, so... It's so funny. Like people, are I got so a bunch ridiculous. of them too. I, I did too. I've only and had two. instantly as soon as and just I, saying it. Just when I'm looking it, I'm at it, as soon as I see uh, Cortana written there, I automatically yeah. just get rid of it. So I don't even read the spoilers. So jokes on them. It's not working. It's but just it's irritating. It's such a testament to how much of an anti gamer, an anti like normal gaming fan and and human being you could be to purposely try and ruin someone's fun. We saw people do it with The Last of Us 2. Yeah. Uh, it's just like kind of become this thing that I got you because I don't like your platform. Um, I, as I always say, take a moment, show your phone to your mom or your girlfriend or your best friend hmm. and who's not a gamer and say, look, this is how I act to other people. <laughs> it wouldn't go then, so uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it won't go so well. You know, I, I expect some of these guys, their, their spouse would slap the phone out of their hand if they caught them, but... <laughs> um, Hargit Johnny says, "I wonder if they built this, built some last year for the series launch with Halo, and held stock when Halo got delayed uh, for the custom consoles. We would have heard about it by now, wouldn't we? If they had a custom Halo console, not necessarily. I mean, maybe if they announced the date at Gamescom, the release date, and a console, that would be interesting, right? Yeah. When do we typically hear about a custom console, Dustin? Do you remember?" Well, I feel like it would be around E3. I'm trying to think when they would do that. It's at this point I feel like if there was a, con- a custom console, they would have to be entering production pretty soon, like you know, these things get leaked. You like uh you know, this these things happen where like when the PS before the PS3 Slim got announced, like someone took a picture of it cuz they like snuck it out of the factory and things happen like there was a Halo custom console. I feel like that would be hard to keep under wraps, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they could could pull it off. But I just got your answer. <clears throat> uh, the this is a funny one. the The Cyberpunk custom console was announced in April for the game that was supposed to come I out just in November. That up, yeah. You just look it up, Fonz. Yeah. So yeah, we're well beyond an announcement for a custom console. So I think we've probably learned here tonight that a custom. Halo Infinite Series S or X is out of the cards. But here's the thing about that console. I, I, <coughs> I can say it now, but I, I saw that console months before it ever was announced. Yes. So we knew about that months and months beforehand. We have heard we nothing saw it a of year a Halo. before. We saw it around the fall of yeah, uh, like six months before that thing got. And we have yeah. heard nothing of a Halo console, so it's probably yeah. not going to happen. Probably not happening. Uh. So Xbox announced Gamescom. They announced that they're going to do that show we talked about. It's going to be a day before Paris and, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name. Her name's something Jaeger on uh, uh, Charlie is. Uh, it's I think Charlie Jaeger is doing the co-host with her with him. So what are we expecting to see? Is the big question from Gamescom. Aaron Greenberg set the set the uh, the volleyball uh, set to spike, saying not to expect new announcements. So what is left to talk about for Gamescom if they're going to do a small uh, stream, maybe half an hour or an hour stream? You guys want to jump in the on... The only uh, one thing I would say Kate, is... Kate Yeager, thank maybe, you, Paris. Maybe Kate. this is the the time where we hear something on, you know, the whole, it's acquisition season. You know, God. what happened to that? 
You know, it's, it, it's, it was acquisition season months ago, and and we still haven't heard anything. So we're not going to hear about any acquisitions at this show. So, so it's not. It wasn't the right season. Is Gamescom where we hear the release date for the release that, date? Possible. <laughs> Here, yeah. let me say this to Dustin. Dustin, is Gamescom where we hear about the release date and or delay? Highly <laughs> possible. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things too where um, they wouldn't if they, if they delayed it, then they're not like they will show the like. I would expect. I I feel like it's reasonable to think that they would show campaign again at Gamescom, like a little something. We haven't seen need to. campaign since that E3 trailer. Uh, that obviously there was the, I think, somewhat reasonable but also overblown feedback about that trailer, like in the graphics and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little sore in some spots, but I, people are like, this is the worst looking game ever. I'm like, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think that we'll see campaign. As far as other stuff, I mean... Surely they'll show Forza again. I would expect them to focus on some of the stuff coming this year. But again, there's like, what's the one extra thing? Redfall gameplay, because that's coming next year. Maybe they could do a little bit of that. That would be... I would love to see that. Yeah, Yeah, that game could be 12 months from now. Like, it could be... It probably is coming in later in in the fall or the holiday of next year. But it's definitely time to show it. Uh, They could do that. Would nice I, I would vote for more Halo campaign, though, as Dustin mentioned. Um, we need to see more Halo campaign, definitely. Yeah, they haven't shown it other than a couple of vignettes there um, yeah. at the right. last event. So we do want to see Halo campaign gameplay. And some people have had hands-on with the multiplayer, but we haven't seen anything for the for the campaign. See what that's like Forza. in motion. With Forza Horizon 5, we've got to see gameplay running on Series X. That'd be nice. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the other thing I needed to bring up, which somebody just reminded me in the chat, was that the 10th, which is tomorrow. Let me look at my calendar. Yeah, I, I never yeah, know what tomorrow. day it is. I work, I work from home during lockdown. I don't even use a calendar. Uh, it, today's Monday, right? But yep. yeah, tomorrow yes. they're going to do an ID at Xbox event. So yeah, <laughs> Dustin answers me uh, seriously like, "Yes, Colt, it's Monday." I have no uh, idea. I, I mean, no, because I'm that's like a yes. Like, how is it still? It's Monday. Like, man, I never know what day it is. This is the the curse from working at home. Yeah, isn't it so funny? Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow, yeah, well, now we know it's Tuesday. Tomorrow is an ID at Xbox event, and the last one is actually really. Pretty cool. I put I did a video on like eight games that I thought were pretty cool looking. Uh, so well, the last one was that the one with the Twitch streamers where it was really long or no? No, that was the pre-show for okay. uh, Jeff Keighley's show last year. This yeah. was the idea at Xbox that showed the Art of Rally. It showed um, Death Door debuted there. Yep, and a bunch of other games that you know, the ind- Indies have been. Did really it have good that side scroller cyberpunk style game? I forgot what that yes, was called. Uh, that looked cool. That looked oh my really gosh, cool. I'm blanking on it. Chat, help us out on that. It starts with an air, an R. It, it's a side-scrolling cyberpunk, like pixel uh, type looking game. Um, yeah, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name either. Yeah, I could look at it. I have a, out. I have a folder with some of the. I've saved all the trailers. I would. Oh my gosh, I, I can't get it. But yeah, replaced. maybe we'll hear about the gun. Replaced. Re- there it is. Someone, replaced. someone, Nick's in chat. Thank Nick's. you, Nick's. Thank you. And of course, 12 Minutes, that. which is coming out soon. <laughs> 12 Minutes yep. looks really interesting. 
So, so the ID at Xbox event will be tomorrow. I would not miss that if I was you. If you're a PlayStation and Xbox fan or PC fan, there's going to be something there for that'll probably be a lot of multiplayer, multi-plat games, and some a couple that might be exclusive or that are dropping on Game Pass. I think that might be their big show yeah. to show a couple of games that are coming day and date to Game Pass that don't belong to Xbox. So I would definitely check that out. Uh, I don't have the time with me on. I think it's 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific 10 a.m. for that show. Yep. So, yeah, that would... Um, ID games have been ruling lately, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, we talked about Death's Door. So, check that out. Um, I, I have a lot of super chats here about the custom consoles. I'll, I'll just read them real quick uh, because they said it in the moment we didn't get a chance to say them. Uh, Joseph Campbell says, Speaking of custom, I feel Series X would benefit from LED mods rather than hmm. decals in the top. It's such, it's just a breeze block. Oh, uh, I think he's talking about for the fan. Uh, people have done custom lights in that top thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh, Jedi Knight Peter says, just wanted to support Colt. Thank you, Jedi Knight Peter. Keep up the great work, mate. Also, everyone looking forward to Dead Space Remake should look into Callisto Protocol. Is that a TV uh-huh. show? That's uh so the original director I believe that's the game he's working on that's supposed to be if I oh. remember correctly it's in the PUBG universe it's very mm. odd really? but it's a survival horror game that's from that team or that guy at least I can I can't remember exactly Oh wow I, I'm blanking on the name of that uh Blue Hole Studio is that the same that sounds right. or just some or Blue somebody Hole from Blue the, Hole Yeah that was the studio that made PUBG Blue Hole Hmm so, and and back to the custom console, Horace says, what if they have them already custom Master Chief? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, here's one for you guys. Neil B says, Neil B's great. Neil B is a great supporter. He says, hi, Colt, yes. Fonz, and Dustin. After having a hands-on experience with the AI in Halo Infinite Flight, which I actually didn't mess with the AI, how do you think the AI will be in the campaign? Are you, do you guys even know about this with the AI? I heard about it. It's supposed to be... I heard people saying, like, this is the most impressive, like, bot matches that I've ever played. Like, they're, they were very, mm-hmm. very good. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I almost wonder... I, he might be talking about two things here, but I always wondered <laughs> if 343 was actually playing behind the scenes and pretending to be bots. Oh, And then it also too. made me wonder if they used, like, a Drivatar type... Uh, technology where each player, like there was 343 Ellis, which is a, a huge leader in the 343, and you'd see some names that you've seen in the community that help run the studio or help lead the studio. It made me wonder if they played and it gathered their play style, but a lot of the bots did the same thing. They did a lot of reverse jumping and throwing grenades at feet, but they were very challenging. But the other part of the AI that he might be talking about is you have an AI companion that like a holograph thing that speaks to you and it calls out things, but I didn't focus on that or use that. So I, I can't really speak to what that does, but I, I they think you so will many different have personalities that I, what, what I was watching was there was a lot of different personalities within each different AI. They had like somebody who talked like he had a Southern, you know, twang and Oh uh, really? A, okay. Yeah. So, they so there's had, some depth there. Yeah, so there is some depth within that little AI that you're using in the multiplayer. However, in the campaign, that's it's strictly going to be that new AI character you you have, you know, that we've seen 
in the CGI the, trailer. The one that's turned into place. memes, making the uh, fu- the funny yeah, face. Yeah, all the uh, memes with the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. New stuff. Cortana. Yeah. Mr. Charming, thank you for the super chat. He says, is Microsoft still looking to acquire more studios to bring into the Xbox family? If so, Supergiant Games, are they one of them? Uh, Supergiant, what do they make? Uh, Hades. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Supergiant said that Hades, well, if, if I would have kept reading, but I'll rely on, on Dustin and Fonz's <laughs> never-ending knowledge of, of everything else. Uh, Supergiant said that Hades is coming to Xbox via Game Pass would be like a homecoming. Uh, I'll just say as far as acquisitions, whatever is in the works is probably a long way out, and that's probably why we haven't heard things. But obviously, Xbox wants to bring in more publishers and strike more deals, maybe bring another studio, but we don't know anything yet. And those talks take a long time. It's why we heard rumors about Bethesda being acquired by somebody for a good year, right, Dustin? Before it materialized. Right. So we have to be patient. But like you said, Dustin, earlier in the show, like if you're an Xbox fan, the first half of the of the year in 2021 was really light, like just the medium, the Falconeer, and tactics for Gears. And then there was nothing for several months. But the second half of the year is absolutely packed. So PlayStation and Xbox kind of had this teeter-totter thing going on this year where in the first part of the year, PlayStation had a lot of great games. Now Xbox is going to finish the year with great games. So everybody should be really happy that whatever we were expecting to play is being delayed. That's and PlayStation. Topical. PlayStation still has some games dropping, like Kina. That's one that a lot yes. of people are looking out for. So yeah, that game looks awesome. And I also heard that that's a three month exclusivity window. Is that true? Or I heard that. that. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's been like officially confirmed, but I did hear that ninety day. Three months. That's or so weird to oh, that, me. That is an odd number of days. Stalker is doing the same thing. Stalker Two yeah. looks incredible, but it'll come to PlayStation three months after, so it'll be by July or August of next year. If I, I'm just doing a, a guess there, I think it's April or something that it's been moved to. Yeah, a three month exclusivity window kind of to me kind of says like you can't have it. Yeah, in three months, right? <laughs> right, like it's, it's the like. A stalker, a hardcore stalker fan, like, well, I'm gonna have to buy an Xbox because I have to play three months in advance or something. Like, I don't know. It's just yeah. like I think it has to yeah. do with like I can wait when they, you know, they're very effective marketing images where it's like these are all the games that are either coming to Game Pass or exclusive or whatever, and so those images are very powerful. So you maybe it's for something like that to have the lineup, even if it is just for three months, you know, it, it still could be very effective when you see the broader picture. I find myself, uh, you know, not really feeling that FOMO that like I used to, like as, <laughs> as I'm getting older, like I can wait a bit, you know, to play. Yeah. Something. Three I, months I also is know not a long time. You ever sit, but do you ever sit there at like Fonz and I are in the West coast? What you are, you're on the other side of the the U.S. aren't you, Dustin? Yeah, I'm on yeah, you're East the East Coast. East Coast. Yeah. So, like for Fonz and I, uh, at nine o'clock, a game will unlock a lot of times at nine o'clock yes. my time instead of midnight because we're on the West Coast, and uh, we'll sit there like waiting for the moment that we can download it. Like, is it ready yet? Is it ready? You know, can we launch it yet? Because we pre-downloaded it. Uh, because I can get in an hour or two before I go to bed and work the next day. It's like so I have to have it in the moment. But then we're talking about a three month exclusivity deal. Yeah, uh, there maybe there is some FOMO there that we don't admit to, but I, I can wait sometimes, right? Right. <laughs> so um, 
did you guys see Forza Horizon Five today? They they did another little showcase. No. Not a lot of people watching. Um, it's it's another Horizon Five. Fonz, are you a, a big fan of this series? Uh, not a big fan, but I do. Uh, I own three. That was the last one I bought. Uh, of course, four is in Game Pass, and I've dabbled mm-hmm. in that. But three, I, I purchased that because I liked the whole, the Hot Wheels track DLC that they had. That yeah. was really fun. That was cool. Um, I like what, what Horizon's about more than I do motorsport. You know, motorsport's that diehard simulator racing game that you know I. It's not as fun to me, but uh, definitely Horizon's a good game. I'll definitely be playing that. Yeah, it's it's going to be everything that I love. I hope they have some surprises and that that build thing looks cool where you can build tracks. Dustin, are you have you been keeping a close eye on this or you know what to expect? I so I'm not big on re- racing games really. I'm not very good at them, which is probably why I'm not Same. into them very much. But I always love to check these out just because I I love technical showpiece games. And it's like I have Game Pass, I have a Series X. And a beautiful OLED TV. So, of course, oh, yeah, I'm going to download this. And even the last one, I, I think I played for maybe, I don't know, five, eight hours or whatever. And I had a lot of fun in those five to eight hours. It was just by by the end, I'm like, okay, I've got what I needed. And this is yeah. what Game Pass is great for. So, I'm that's one that it's like, I'm not counting down the days. But when it's available, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, yeah, that's it. it They've been showing a lot of stuff. The map is 1.5 times better, or they said 50 per- bigger, sorry, 50% bigger, yeah. bigger so 1.5 times bigger. Uh, Mexico looks pretty cool. They've got a volcano that you can climb up. It looks like Mount St. Helens, actually. looks a lot like Mount St. Helens. I- I'm from Washington. It's got uh, the top looks like it's blown out, and it's pointed toward the east, a lot like uh, it is in-, in Washington State, but it's actually in Mexico. I don't know. That's going to be cool. Um, yeah, just just driving to cool locales like that. Uh, it's it's the same thing for me with Flight Simulator. It's one of those things. It's a gorgeous game. You can fly to different locales that are really gorgeous, stunning. Um, but that's about it for me. Like, I don't really uh, play racing games. I'm not that diehard into racing games. So, so I got to make a confession since you said that about Flight Sim. Uh, I knew I would play it a few times and fly over my city and a couple of things like that, but... I've already got five hours of flight time in air, but I've been to like probably 30 different locations. Yeah. So I've got over five hours of actual play time in the, in the little time I've had the game. And I really, really like it. I didn't think I would uh, enjoy it as much. I mean, it's, it's really crazy how much I've enjoyed that game and there's nothing like it. Um, I didn't think that that would happen. And I know a lot of people dismiss that game. We've talked about how it's not really a game, but it's got these really cool challenges you can do and popped achievements and yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's really cool. Uh, one more super chat here. RDX son of Fett said there's a halo series controller called the needler. And this is from Pope art, who is a guy oh, yes. in the community who's come up for many years, creating incredible stuff digitally just to share on Twitter. And it's turned it into a personal business. Dustin, have you seen this purple and gray needler controller? No, but I'm intrigued because I love, uh, I love purple stuff like things. So like a purple. All right, Google I mean, it real quick. Uh, wait, let's see. Spot and Gamer Rant all all yeah. Write Needler Halo controller and see if you find it. Oh, so it, this is inspired. Yeah. Oh man. 
This is made by by Pope Art. It's purple on the left with pink, three pink needler. Yeah, it's got a it's three D embossed. It's got uh, blue LED lights in the in the face buttons. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. I think you could get it. You can get it for one hundred and forty U.S. dollars or one hundred and thirty with a discount that was going on last week. A lot of people jumped on this, and it made the news circuit, uh, which is pretty cool for this guy who started this little this business here. That I don't think is very little. But yeah. you've seen it now. Yeah, man, it looks I, I think it's awesome, man. Yeah, that's it is. I uh I just have the one Series X controller uh that came with the console and I'm like, I think it's time to get a second one. I don't know though. It's one of those this is one of those things where I'm like, it's probably worth the amount of money. I just am like, eh, I don't know if I'd want to spend that much on a controller, even though it's clearly gorgeous. You sound like me, gorgeous. man. I say that all the time. I'm like, yep. yeah, the, the Elite controllers are really cool, but I'm not spending that $200, man. Like, right. I run my packing controllers to the ground before I purchase another one. Like, that's right. just... Me. There are collectors, though. I'm not one of them, but I do have a couple of controllers, but I don't really... Well, I guess I, I have a couple extras, and they've been nice because now my kids can use them. We, we play games together a lot more than we used to. But as we round the end of the show, I want to ask both of you, I'll start with Dustin, what's going on with Last End Media and where? what's in the future besides this big event that's uh, consuming your guys' minds and, and body? What, yeah. what do you have going on? So we're actually, it's, it's kind of interesting in that we are actually like trying to like not pump the brakes, but... We recently, just over, I mean, I think it was more in spring, uh, we ended up having a huge boost in our Patreon, which was awesome. We were, like, really excited about that. We hit two goals where one of them was to do Sacred Symbols twice a week. The other one was for Let's Plays. And so we're now doing the Sacred Symbols twice a week, and we're actually putting, like, an indefinite hiatus on the Let's Plays, which our audience was really awesome about it. Um just because we're like we're kind of feeling a little maxed out right now. Like, yeah. As far as our employees, uh, obviously Colin owns the company. There's me, and I'm the executive producer, but I'm mainly like the head of our production. There's my associate producer Ben, who edits all of our audio, and he's handling a lot of the event stuff. And there's Micah, our coordinator, and she's like our organizer. And then everyone else is like freelance, and so we're just kind of like now now that we're producing six shows a week like making sure that we figure out how to get this machine well oiled it's been fine but um as far as the future you know we have this event in september but we want to look at the possibility of like what does doing events all across the country potentially look like you know like can we do an event that's uh we have us at, and then we bring in other podcasts for people to come see as well. Like we're really intrigued by this idea, not necessarily like a tour, like not like the last stand tour bus is loading up or whatever. And we're going all over, but more like how like uh, a comedian or a speaker would do like, here's, you know, 12 dates over four yeah. or five months. We're lightly just looking at what that could, could look like. And this event in September is the, the test bed for that so it's a you know and who knows maybe it's like we do this event and it's like eh, this is not really how we want to do it but i mean so far everything's been super super promising um but you know we have ideas loose ideas because you know just because we're pumping the brakes for now we're still thinking about like uh 
what kind of new content could we do uh, starting next year? So, you know, there's always things floating awesome. around. But Where is this event being held? Uh, so funny story about that. It's actually going to be in my hometown here. I live about an hour north of Pittsburgh in a town called Butler. And we wanted to do it here just because, I mean, Ben and I have... We know the landscape. We know people here. Like we were able to get like a block of hotel rooms. We're able to get what we need. It's almost like giving it like uh, putting it on easy mode as far as our first <laughs> event, just because sure. we know we know the the lay of the land. So it'll be good. Awesome. It'll just be interesting because it's a small town and we've got uh, you know a few hundred g- gamers going to be ascending onto the town and no one here really knows about it like i mean they know we have the event set up and stuff but it'll just be interesting this weekend where it's like what is what is going on here like there's all these people so it'll be cool that's awesome and where can they find you if they're looking to follow uh join the patreon yeah what's what's the relative information so all of last stand stuff of course is patreon.com slash last stand media where you can check out that content but of course we're on YouTube and all podcast services. If you want to check out all of our shows for free, of course. And then for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Dustin can fly. And then on the side, I also do Twitch streaming and that's at twitch.tv slash Dustin can fly currently playing demon souls again, because I've kind of found like a niche of Ooh. doing souls games. And so mm. we did all of dark souls. We did the Sekiro platinum run. Uh, and so the only thing left is Demon Souls and then Bloodborne, but we're waiting because Sony, we need the patch. We need the Bloodborne patch, but, uh, who knows? They probably, I'm, I'm not, ho- I'm like, I want it so bad, but I'm yeah. not, I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah. It's something they don't talk about, but everyone else talks about it, but yeah. Welcome a, a cute perspective, new member. Uh, if you join nice. the channel membership, you get the custom emojis I drew up of, I'm an illustrator. I, I do a lot of different things, but one thing I do uh, not often is I'm a cartoonist, so I illustrate things. I drew Joanna Dark as your as your opening character. Then I think you go into Kate Diaz, and you've got uh, Ori and some different characters. I kind of drew them cartoon version, but yeah, you get to you get custom emojis in the chat. Uh, I don't see them a lot, but they're they're still pretty fun. But yeah, thanks for that, and shout out to Fonz Gaming for sitting in as a panel and also being a moderator slapping down the crazy people that hey, show up I, I gotta multitask man I, you know seeing some crazy stuff i gotta just put the band hammer on them um yeah before before nice. you before you start saying something fonz yeah go ahead let me let me uh let me give you a little boost here because we've been friends for four years yep. dealer gaming started rdx in the summer of 2017 he brought us on immediately um we got personal and friends like real quick yeah. uh exchange phone numbers so we've been friends a long time and you've done some amazing things on youtube you ran a, a channel uh you turned it into something called grounded gaming you closed that down started fresh uh and you've been moving so what, what's your subscriber count out right now right now uh, I'm, I'm about 5700 i believe um not not huge by any stretch of the means uh but you know i i try you know, I make videos, uh, and and you know, lately it's been hard to make some of these, you know, gaming news videos because there's not no a, news. a lot to talk about <laughs> it, right? Yeah. But I love my Games Talk Live, my podcast I do every week. 
Um, so that has been amazing. Uh, you know, don't get a ton of people coming through live, but I but what's the people, objective there with your show? Tell I tell just, people like what what you're trying to do. You're, just, you're on Sunday, yeah, at, on uh, Sunday, two p.m., one o'clock, two no, p.m., two p.m. Uh, Pacific okay. Standard Time, five p.m. Eastern. And I, I just run a show where I talk to somebody. I have one guest on for an hour, and we talk about the games, the industry, whatever news is there. But a lot of times, we'll just start reminiscing about, you know, certain games or about, you know, maybe uh, where he grew up and, and what kind of games he played, uh, arcade-wise, whatever. We just get into all kinds of stuff. I like to try and make it feel more organic rather than, here's a topic, here's a topic, here's a topic, mm-hmm. stick to the script. Um I just like to have fun, free-flowing conversation. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a good great. Show. Good show. It's been really fun. Uh, you know, of course, looking when I started the show, I was like, "What can I do to set myself apart from just everybody else?" Because we all do these podcasts, and we're all relatively yeah. the same. We really are when you when it comes down to it. But I wanted a little slice of different, and I said, "What could I do?" And I, I, <laughs> I love, love the whole this. '80s nostalgia, and yep. I said. You know, game shows were a big thing for me when I was a kid, you know, watching, you know, game shows and stuff. And I said, let me make a little trivia game at the start of my show. And, I, and, and that's what I do. I, I give some gaming trivia it. with a guest and we do that. And then we get into topics and stuff and just talk. And, and, and you've got like the, great. you've got the intro and the, and the sound bites in between that make it like and a just real like you, Colt, like 80s we game both, show thing. We both yeah. make our own, you know, graphics and stuff. We, we do all, all our own video stuff for years now. I mean, it's, I look up to you. You've been sort of a mentor to me and helped me a lot along the way because you, that's your business. That's what you've done for, you know, years. And yeah. so looking up to you, getting help from you and just learning all this stuff with computers and trying to learn how to edit and all that stuff. It's been really, really great. It's been fun. That's yeah, one it's of the really... processes I like most is editing. You know, editing video is fun. It's it's just something that, like when you're really getting into the zone and you got the right song choice, the right gameplay elements, uh, it's just, it, it's fun. It's fun to do. Yeah, it's super important. Like the chat here is amazing. People who showed up to listen to us and contribute to the show, it's, a, it's really amazing. Give these guys your full support. People like Dustin and Fonz who... Basically, when you're a content creator, you're a producer, you're a director, you're a graphics person, you're a sound guy or a lighting guy, a camera guy, or, or girl, whether whoever's doing it. But yeah, you kind of have to do it all at once. So we really appreciate all of you coming out to check out the show. Check out Dustin and his work with Colin on Last Stand Media and check out all their people Definitely. they've got working for them and their sub podcasts are really great people that we know. I've had them on the show. Mr. Maddie plays and cog. They're great people. Cog's a true friend of us. Yes. So thank you so much for your support. Um, yeah. Thank you so much guys for being on the show. We've uh, gone a bit over, but there'll be new stuff to talk about next week. Thanks for being on here and say goodbye to the chat. You guys are all amazing and have a good night and enjoy the games. Please don't fight with people. Please try it. Don't do the quote tweet thing. Don't take a screenshot and, you know, to break people over your knee, please. Cause it looks ridiculous. Just enjoy the hobby. We've got lots to play. I hope you guys all have a good night and we'll talk to you soon.